We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers, the Eurostep Podcast Network, and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, we have finally made it to the off day in the Milwaukee Brewers season. Uh, I haven't played a single inning in any of these games, yet I am exhausted. Uh and this is a much-needed off day. The, the boys are tired. They've been playing hard. They've been battling through adversity, and everyone needs a moment to lay their heads down uh, every now and then. Uh, Adam, how you doing? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing well, Andrew. Thanks for having me on with you on our shared podcast. <laughs> um, I always just uh, assume at some point you're just going to be like, "Is <laughs> we're done. We are done, and then I'm going to be scrambling. I'm going to be like, do I even have a Zoom account? uh what is editing that's that's just what i always assume so i always want to just thank you for joining me even though you are a host of this podcast i appreciate that uh, if ever there was a time where i was going to just abandon ship it probably would be uh like this series so the fact i'm still here now i think it's it's safe because yeah it's been a grueling stretch for the brewers they are the walking wounded and up against a really good team that had a tough time of it uh I not really through a whole lot of their own fault in some places, although there are certainly players who need to play better. 
But yeah, I'm here now, so I think you can assume that I'm I gotta be here going forward. It was a grueling gauntlet of baseball for the Brewers. Uh 18 games in 17 days. They finished, I think, nine and nine. Adamas goes to the IL. Peralta goes to the IL. Woodruff goes to the IL. Hunter Renfro. Omar Narvaez gets COVID. Luis Perdomo. Mike Brasso's on the IL. Hayter was out uh, for a certain stretch. Luis Urias now has a jammed thumb. Not looking like an IL stint, apparently, but has missed, uh, I think, three straight games. They had a catcher uh, caught up from A-ball in a pinch. It's just really just been when it rains, it pours, and a 500 record through all that, you just kind of kind of tip your cap and say, so be it. Um, four games against the San Diego Padres uh, this weekend. Lost three out of four. Could have very easily split, but could have very easily been swept as well. So it's one of those situations where it just kind of is what it is. The Brewers find themselves 33-23 and 23 on the season. A half game up on the St. Louis Cardinals, who are annoyingly playing very good baseball this year, I think they have the third most runs scored in baseball. So looking like a more formidable opponent than we probably anticipated going into this season. Um, so now the Brewers find themselves, despite being in what many have called a soft division, and, and it is through the lower half with the smallest division lead in baseball, because you know what? The Cardinals are a lot better than, say, the Atlanta Braves or the Phillies or the Angels or the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, so, you know what? The Brewers do play in a real division because they have a real second place team and some of you other divisions don't have that. I want to, before we transition to talking more intimately, that was a weird way to phrase that, about the uh, Padres series. I just want to make a take a moment to talk about the Chicago Cubs, who are a useless franchise that uh, despite their World Series in, I believe, 2016, they won the World Series in the same year as a certain election. So this should give you uh, a hint into like who they are as a franchise, especially because their ownership. But they're useless. They go into a ninth inning with a lead against the Cardinals with a chance to help out the Brewers who are going through a tough time. That shouldn't be their goal. But they should also want to win baseball games to be a self-respecting franchise. And then they blow that game, and then they lose it in Manfred Ball. So the Cubs are terrible. They're useless. Uh if you're a Cubs fan, I don't want to know you. I say that not having plenty of Cubs fans friends. But uh, the Chicago Cubs are useless. Anyway, moving on to Where were the you Milwaukee. over the weekend? I, where did you happen to? I was in to... Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> and seeing Dave Matthews game with a pal. And we were looking for a place to get one more beverage before going into the show and paying for the really expensive beverages. We wander into this bar, and I'm like, why are all these servers wearing, like, Cub shirts? A random bar in South Carolina, Cubs bar, and they can't even do me the decency of of feeding the Cardinals in a situation where it would help the Brewers. So useless franchise. Uh, they've got Ivy on their wall. They can't even have a a wall that you know has uh, material to make it look nice. Their seats are broken down. You pee in troughs. It's just like a it's just a hellscape on earth. And uh, like just miss me, Cubs. I don't like you at all. But anyway, save yeah. me from myself. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was uh, that was completely necessary to lead off the pod. I think it was. Anyway, the uh, the series against the Padres got started off in a uh, much more positive fashion. 
the Brewers started our weekend off with some excitement, our Thursday to be exact. Uh, they go down early in the game against the Padres. Adrian Hauser against Sean Manea on the mound. Uh, Hauser, not as sharp as outing, but he battled through it. Five innings pitched, five hits, one run. It was earned, three walks, five strikeouts. And the Padres find themselves with a uh, 4-1 lead going into the ninth inning. But the Brewers decided to, like I said, bring a little excitement to our lives. I was... I didn't yet know that I would be in a trash Cubs bar later in the weekend, but I'm in my Charleston hotel. There was a dead roach in my light fixture. It should have been a, uh, a sign of things to come. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to get the light fixture off, but nevertheless, uh, ninth inning Taylor Rogers in to seal things for San Diego. One of the nastier pitchers in baseball. And we saw that in the first series against them where he just looked absolutely disgusting. Keston Hira, who comes up to the plate with, uh, I think, one out or no outs in the, in the ninth. And here, I, I think even after this point, he was had eight at-bats versus left-handed pitching, and seven of them were strikeouts, if I'm adding that all up correctly. An act of God occurs. He singles. Uh, Colton Wong gets hit by a pitch. Caratini gets hit by a pitch. Jace Peterson triples. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon singles. Brewers walk it off and win 5-4. A team that has had a flair for dramatic at certain points this uh, season, but this might have been the the most dramatic and most exciting win of the year. It sure was. Uh, Jace Peterson stepping up to play again for the Brewers. Massive moment. And honestly, where if we're to go back probably, I don't know, six, maybe even eight weeks at this point, if that was the situation and you're like, oh, it's Jace Peterson's up, I don't know how confident we would have felt where – the ultimate testament to him is at this point, he is like in the top three to four guys you want to see in that situation. Oh, bases are loaded. We we need something here to keep the game alive. Jace Peterson's up. Great. This is as good a chance you can ask for. And it just it continues to be unbelievably impressive. I mean, he didn't necessarily have the most joy he's had in any series across the remainder of this one. He was not alone on that front. But this win in light of how the series played out is all the more important. And for Jace to step up and deliver, big, big deal. I mean, the, the other thing that we'll shout out now, and we may talk a little bit more about later, uh, this was a protect the bullpen and try to get things back on track game and just have guys eat innings. Um, Brent Suter went out there for two innings. Suter's still struggling. Um, gave up two runs, I think, both earned, if I remember correctly. And then Peter Strzelecki, who had been up with the team for the best part of a week, had yet to make an appearance. He made his major league debut, gave two innings, wasn't perfect by any means. It wasn't all clean. A couple of hits, couple of walks, but only one run allowed, three strikeouts. And in a game where they weren't in a position based on how the previous series had gone, to just be like, okay, we're going with Box here, we're going with Devin, we're going with Hader. They needed someone to come in and eat the innings, and all the better if they could come in and do so without just giving the game away completely. He gave them a chance. It was still a long shot, but he gave them a chance, and then the Brewers went and had those four innings in the ninth. So big shout-out to Peter Strzelecki for that game too. Yeah, uh, that was something you and I had talked about offline just – in a situation where they needed innings to 
get gobbled up uh, like points in a game show that is soon to get canceled. Uh, they they got it done. Um, one more thing on J.S. Peterson, something I might write about if it keeps up. But like has we've gone from me being like when the roster crunch crunch comes, he's been struggling. Will he be the odd man out? You know, it's come to a situation where he's essential and. And looking at his stats, I was just like, what's different? What's different? What's different? And it's the power. His slugging percentage is over 100 points higher than his career average. Like, he had never shown an inkling of turning into this player. He's always been go draw walks and play reliable defense. And now he's hitting for power. He's got five homers. He had six last year, two, two, uh, three, uh, three, two, seven i'm just listing off years in the past he's like tapped into a whole new level of power at the plate in his age 32 season and it's just incredibly impressive and even when guys come back i think that chase peterson's a guy where you need to try and find time for him in the lineup and the good news about chase peterson is it's not a situation where you're like oh no how do we get his bat here it's oh yes he can play anywhere <laughs> so anytime any guy needs a day off obviously we've seen guys seem burned out from time to time just because of the nature of this stretch uh council's looking to get yellish jays off from time to time and jace peterson's a guy that can get a day for Luis. he can get a day for colton he can get a day for yelly he can get a day for renfro he can get a day for rowdy he can play anywhere and just really impressive stretch for him hope it keeps up just a, a vital cog in this lineup but yeah game one uh got off to an awesome start, a dramatic win. It was nice to see Andrew McCutcheon uh, break out of his slump. I think to that point uh, at the game, he had been over his last 32 at the plate, and then he comes up clutch with the big walk-off hit. He, you could tell he seemed really relieved in the post-game inter- interview with Sophia and was just really appreciative of the fans. And there's one thing uh, in baseball right now that is – pissed me off immensely and it's about another team and i won't touch on it because i've already you've already burned it you've burned one team already today so you lost the whole yeah yeah i've already crossed the line but just one thing and hopefully this doesn't end up getting broken but this brewers team seems to be very likable just all the way up and down the roster and kutch is one of those guys as well and just seeing someone who he's he's pointed out the fans for the positivity on Twitter. And I know there's also a lot of negativity that he probably I, has seen. I just Before that game, like uh, before he say that, I had seen the tweet he put out. I had seen the replies to it. So maybe Kutch has like my kind of strategy when it comes to reading replies. And he's just like, you know what, everyone, the replies are great. Thank you. They're so great. I, I definitely have looked at them. I promise they're great. Yeah. And Whatever it may be, that compartmentalization is very good, and just he's killing killing him with kindness. And that, like, even even the, the maybe it was also a subtle shot to those people. It's like, please don't yell at me in my mentions. Like, go go outside, go to a park, meet a friend, whatever whatever it may be. But happy to see Kutch uh, break the slump and then have a good Sunday as well. But five four winning a, game one. Just just on that whole thing, January, because I mean, this is something that, um more general Milwaukee sports fans, books fans will know too. And I I wonder how much this is essential when you're a smaller market and you're not necessarily going and splashing the cash and you don't have the power to just go and get whoever you may want as a free agent. There is something to that, like good guys only policy. 
and doing your best to have a locker room um, where clubhouse in this case, where it's just good guys. They're going to get along with each other. The fans are going to be happy to root for them even when they're struggling. And you're just going to kind of foster a better atmosphere in general. I think that's something that a lot of people have kind of given Craig Council credit for is that it's been a feature of the Brewers in recent years. I guess it's also helps. And although both guys are really struggling right now, Yelich and Kane as kind of two key figures in this team over a number of years and their their personalities, um, they're very, very laid back, kind of easygoing demeanor. I think that helps too. But uh, I don't think it should be underestimated, particularly like, I'm I'm nowhere near an expert on all of the teams around Major League Baseball yet, but on our on our travels as the Brewers make their way around the league, and I see some of these teams, and I see frankly some of the assholes that are playing for some of these other teams. Like the trade off, and that is always a tough one. It's like you'll get some good moments. You, they're the guys that like the cliche is always, oh, you love to root for them when you're on your team. You do, but. What happens if that breaks down within the locker room? Like, or I don't. What happens if there's a a fancy football league from like a year ago that has people upset and uh, that spills out into into bigger distractions? I I can think of probably five or six players that I've seen in opposing teams uh, that I don't think it would be hard for anyone to guess. A lot of them who fit the bill, or you're just like, yeah, I see, I see the games where that edge is going to work to your advantage. But over the course of, particularly in baseball, a 162-game season, having an asshole in the team for the dynamics of the team has got to really great. Like, think of the trip that the Brewers have just been on. If the guys actually like each other, and no one is like... that. The only, the only player you ever heard, like, talked about in a way that they're annoying is, is Willie Adamas, and that's just because he talks all the time. But it's in an endearing younger brother kind of way that everyone everyone talks about that kind of element of Willie's personality. I think that's a, that's a big deal and it's a big deal in a tough stretch. It's a big deal for when you get a run like this, where guys are coming up from Nashville and they have to step in and do a job. It's like, I, I think it's easy to see that there'd be a more welcoming environment for those kind of guys too, with the Brewers than there would be with the vast majority of teams elsewhere around the league. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Number one on my would not like to grab a beer with baseball power ranking is still Josh Donaldson. I want to make that clear. But number two is definitely Tommy Pham at this point <laughs> because that guy takes fantasy football way too seriously. Uh, Jock Peterson was just exercising proper roster management. I can put the guy on IR. Why wouldn't I? Change the settings where I can't, and then I won't. Nevertheless. Honestly, uh, it was Gable, a year ago. Anyway, who cares? I know there was there was probably, you know, this is not like a fantasy football league that you or I would be in. I'm, a lot of money likely involved. But it was a know, it was a 10 K buy in. Okay. It was a 10K buy-in. He can afford it. Come on and, now. You play Major League Baseball. Or you're going to get upset about it. Don't get involved in the first place. It's like, be a man. There's slandering one of the greatest baseball players of all time, Mike Trout, for being the commissioner. I just can't stand for it. This will be a great playback conversation on Wednesday. I'm very excited for it. We'll bring it up then. Uh, but yeah, game one, really exciting win. I was freaking out in my roach-infested hotel. Uh and because of said trip, unfortunately, game two, I was not able to see other than the condensed game. And that was maybe for the best because it was not good for my health, save uh, two innings of of something that made me very happy. Adam, I will turn things over to you. Uh, game, game two was no good, very bad, and, and not great. Yeah, Andrew had had maybe a few beverages, was uh, at a concert with Spotty, spotty cell service i was getting messages across multiple platforms for score updates that in truth he really did not need to get but i was providing them so every now and then he would get the word true and it was it was tough from the off like particularly right now you do not need to see a corbin burns start where he doesn't quite have it and that's what this was um hits early and often Runs clocking in and just continue to go and go eight hits against Corbin Burns. Like, that's not something that happens a whole lot, uh, particularly when he didn't even make it four full innings. So, that is really tough. And we talked about how in game one, Suter and Strzelecki giving two innings each, you kind of get the bullpen reset and get back to a place where you're like, oh, okay, we're okay. And then Corbin Burns doesn't give you four innings and you're kind of back to square one. Like that's, that's a really tough break. And it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. Like it's going to happen to Corbin every now and then just as much as it's going to happen to anyone, but the timing wasn't ideal. And for the Brewers going up against uh, John Musgrove, who I believe is the only man in Padres history with a no hitter. uh, He looked great. Not ideal when you've got Corbin Burns and he he struggles and you haven't got a whole lot in terms of offense and you're going up against a starting pitcher of that quality. That is tough. And Musgrove very, very nearly had the second no-hitter of his career and of San Diego Padres history, broken up by a double in the eight from Colton Wong big series for Colton Wong. We'll, we'll get back to that, but his bat is very much alive right now, which is welcome and could be great with, you know, players returning from injury. If they can come back and normal service could resume, maybe we, we actually get to see another one of those fun 
couple of week stretches where the Brewers actually have an offensive outburst. Uh, be very welcome at this point. There is something I want to talk out with you, and we we touched on it briefly before we started, and I already feel like I'm going to get a hostile response to this. I I had an issue with this no hitter from I believe it was the fourth or fifth inning. Rowdy gets walked. Uh, Jace Peterson comes up to the plate. He hits feeler's choice. Rowdy is out at second. I don't think that should be something that allows a no-hitter to continue. I know you disagree with this, but I I think fielder's choice, if, if you're going to factor in, it's like, okay, well, it's not a hit. The guy who hit, so if you, if you get the out on the guy who was walked, you're down allowing a guy who, he, he actually hit and he got there. I know it's, I just, I don't, I don't understand this. I think it's like a real concession. There should be a massive asterisk. I want to go through the history of no hitters, find the no hitters with fielders choices. And particularly the ones where say it's a guy who's walked, who is the out because then, you know, in theory, what happens? Like in a very not baseball scoring sense, if we're to look at which your eyes, what happened to the play? Jace Peterson stepped up. He hit the ball. He got to first base safely. The definition of a hit is when a batter strikes the baseball into fair territory and reaches base without doing so or doing so via an error or a fielder's choice. You made an out. An out occurred because of where you hit the baseball. Uh, but to your point, uh, that is why I value no hitters way less than a perfect game because it diminishes it from the beginning, even if you put a walk on the board. In my mind, it also diminishes the performance as a whole because a, a perfect game, a no-hitter is a team performance, a perfect game in particular. It diminishes the performance if a, your fielders make an error. So, I, honestly, no-hitters don't really do it for me, like, in general. The, I, I don't want to go that far, and obviously this is not – I watched, it's, I it's, watched it's, all yeah, of this I've game like, when the Brewers were getting hammered, and the reason I watched it is because I was like, I haven't seen a no-hitter yet. Like I, my my baseball fandom is pretty new. If there's going to be a no hitter here, I'm not going to turn it off. Listen, but let's I do get think you a perfect game, buddy. Let's get well, you a perfect yeah, well, game. I, I could be waiting a while for that, but there's there should be another kind of tier, like perfect game to no hitter, and this in between, because ultimately that's it's not the same. Because fielder's choice, you know, you want a no hitter, turn a double play. Otherwise. He's, he hit We're the ball never going play. to agree on this. He's We're never going play. to agree on this. Because you, you're using so baseball he, brain, and I'm put, not using put, baseball brain. You put the ball in play in other situations and get out. This is another great playback conversation because we'll have Newback yelling at us. Shout out to our yelling, friend. Yelling at me, I'm sure. But I, I just... I don't know. Ball, he, I, I can if you hit the ball in play one. and you get the first base, I mean, I don't really so care the, for what the... What's the definition of hit as a word? Not even the baseball. Like, I think there's something there. I understand what you're saying with the rule, but I just don't. I don't yeah, think I, it's the same thing as a no hitter that's only walks. Because if you're care. walking, command gets away from you, but you're not letting guys get anything with the bat. Like, that's that's a different thing than if there's, you know, oh, like if a guy could have a no, no hitter with like seven fielders choice in there, it's like, that's not anything. 
uh, I don't care to reward a hitter for reaching base in a situation where you made it out. You weren't responsible for that person being on the base pass. So your little weak ground ball to shortstop that only resulted in one out because the second baseman bobbles it. Like we're going to give you a hit for that. Then we're going into pure anarchy. Just set the stadium on fire. We shouldn't even have games there anymore. <laughs> but you're you're in agreement, or you're not even because I don't actually feel the same way. But you you say you don't value no hitters to the same extent that most people do. If yeah. my interpretation of a hit was to be applied, well, then you wouldn't have to see too many of these terrible no hitters. It would be all perfect games. And then we'd see guys hitting 300 for ground balls to the shortstop <laughs> that resulted in an out. And then I would lose my mind. I, I should I should be in agree, agreement with you because I was not a pitcher. And uh, I was also wasn't a power hitter. So if I'm legging out a ground ball, I hit the shortstop, I, and I got a hit, I would have hit like 400 in high school, Adam. So I appreciate your interpretation of the rules. Yeah, but, and I, I think my thing is, I understand that my interpretation of it is being very generous to the hitter. And they don't really deserve that. But the reverse, yeah. the actual rules is giving the pitcher more credit that they're deserving for that. Uh, you disagree. Let's move on. Yeah, I disagree. We'll, we'll talk but... about it another time. I just, I think it's weird. It's called a no hitter. And yeah, let's go. We need, to get, we need to get to the, the rulers of baseball and be like, we need to redefine what it is when someone reaches base, not via fielder's choice and error. Hit's not good enough. We need a new rule. Uh, but yeah, seven nothing loss. Like I said, I only watched this in the highlights. Uh, Joe Mosgrove nearly threw a no hitter, six Ks, uh, three walks. So yeah, whatever, Joe. But he's having an outstanding season. One six four ERA. Uh, absolutely nasty. Um, and there was one thing that's standing out to me, and you may have more thoughts on it. I, I know you uh, got to dig into some of the post game, but Luke Barker, who was originally caught up last week and then immediately sit down after not getting into a game, made his major league debut, two scoreless innings. And as as a fellow uh, 30-year-old man born in the year 1992, it just warms my heart to see a guy, much like Jason Alexander, who's a little younger, uh, work so hard and just have a kind of circuitous route to the big leagues and get the opportunity shine and then seem just like very appreciative of the moment so that was that was very cool to see despite the loss very cool to see and he was brilliant no hits no walks you cannot ask for anything more and just we've obviously been talking about this a lot recently because whether it's starters or it's the bullpen we've seen a lot of pitchers come up and make their their major league debuts and obviously the nerves that go into that and the pressure that you would put on yourself more than anything else like i guess for for guys like that is the pressure of I'm 30 years old. I've got my chance. If I don't take advantage, I'm back in the back in the minor leagues. I'm never getting back up. I don't know because that's that's kind of been the deal all along. That's what you're used to. Um, that's what you've been fighting through and how you've been making your living for quite some time. I think the pressure is just wanting to show the best of yourself. Or the reason you're playing and the reason you're continuing to go is that you want to be at that level. You want to show that you can hang, you belong. So to get that chance to go there, I think it's okay. Not about the team, not about what the situation is in the game. It's purely a, this is the chance. 
let's show that I belong here. Let's show that all of the years and years of hard work have paid off and I'm going to be ready for this opportunity. And that's what Luke Barker was in a way that I don't think too many guys in that situation over the course of a season across the entire league will be. So immensely impressive. Got to think we're going to see him again, see him probably a couple of times after that. But not too many guys, as we've talked about a lot, not too many guys in this Brewers bullpen that can go multiple innings, certainly far fewer that can do so clean. Like, this might be the only time a non-starter has gone multiple innings clean other than Box in the previous series. I think even Box Um... gave up a hit in that. Yeah, uh, that yeah, that looks right. I'm trying to do some mental gymnastics here, but I'm like I said, I only saw Tre- this maybe Trevor on... got early early in the season. I think Trevor got might have yeah. done it once, but he did. Yep, that's that's about it. I'm I'm of the mind. Like I said, I only saw this on highlights, so I I didn't get to see the innings breathe and like see how like how sharp and efficient he was based on the numbers and number of strikes he threw and just getting. Like, I mean, two innings, 15 pitches, 10, 10 strikes, scoreless. I think Luke Barker needs to be on this pitching staff moving forward. Obviously, the injuries are going to help that, but it's it seems like he can be a guy, even based on his minor league performance this season, that he's just someone that, like, you need to give him some run and see what he can do. Like, when it comes time to activate a pitcher, I, I would rather see him continue on than, than uh, Kelly or someone like that. Um, and, and really cool to, to just see him take that moment. Obviously the game was, uh, was, uh, not as stressful as it may have been if he were trying to protect a two, one lead or something, but, um, just but, seems I mean, like a he, guy. he comes, he comes in in the seventh, you know, like he comes in in the seventh, six runs can be made up. They made up four in the ninth, the night before. That's so, that's true. When he was in the game, the, the vibes were, were high after seeing the magic happen the night before. That's a good just, play. He he could have been like the Strozlecki, where it's like he just kept them there. He didn't give anything up, and you get rewarded then by a late burst. It wasn't to be, but um, he did exactly everything at that point to to keep them in it, to give them a chance, but there was just there was nothing coming off John Mosgrove. Uh, so seven, nothing lost Musgrove absolutely shining, uh, game three wasn't much better in terms of offensive performance. Well, at least it was much better in terms of getting guys on base via, via the hit. But, um, this is one that I did get a chance to see a lot of as I was brewery hopping across the Southeast, uh, in Charleston. Uh, for those of you that, uh, participate in playback you may remember the sport wine joke i actually went to a brewery that made sports drink seltzers so i was inebriated and hydrated while watching this game um aaron ashby really i guess one particularly bad pitch ruined a an outing where he wasn't his sharpest but was getting the job done uh gives up a double to jake cronenworth in the third to make it one nothing padres uh, uh, fielder's choice from jerks and profar scores uh as the car who who appears to be a brewer's killer of some of some sorts i think he had one of the walk-off hits in the uh, uh first series against them and he seems to be it seems like every time i i see him at the plate he gets a hit i don't think that uh translated to sunday but <laughs> early in the series he seemed to be making hay 
And then in the fifth, uh, also in the fifth, Cronenworth comes up again and hits a two-run homer to make it 4 nothing. And so Ashby's day is done after six. Six hits, four runs, all earned, nine strikeouts. Raises ERA to 3.13 on the season. Not a, like, c- catastrophic outing by any means, but uh, the offense just didn't get it done from there. Six, six, six hits, but no runs scored. Uh, we did get three scoreless innings from the bullpen. Trevor got Miguel Sanchez, who has been excellent in a short amount of time, 117 ERA. And then Trevor Kelly delivers a scoreless inning, which is nice to see him bouncing back as well. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was really good for the Padres. As I mentioned, this was a matchup of young, exciting lefties. And and Gore, you can see why that he is so highly rated. Six innings pitched, three hits, three walks, 10 Ks. Looked really good. And just this, uh, it, it seemed like this, obviously, in the 7 nothing, And, I mean, even in the first game where they pulled a rabbit out of their hat to win late, it just felt like a situation where the Brewers were running into a wall, so to speak. Uh, tough day from the top of the order. Wong over three, but did draw a walk. McCutcheon over three drew a walk, but then a good day from Rowdy, two for three uh, and a walk as well, reaching base three times. But 0 for four runners in scoring position, nine runners left on base. The offense just scattered those six hits and, and couldn't get anything across. And at the end of the day, uh, this just looks like a tired team and in need of a rest. Atari team, and also you look at the lineup, and it's brutal for this game. Like, not sure anyone's fault. Just it's the combination of guys you have available, guys who are missing, and then guys who are just in one hell of a funk right now. So, just not what you want at all. Um, I did not watch this game live. This was a condensed game for me. Uh, one thing though that did jump out to me, and it did go kind of semi-viral. It seemed to get a lot of attention was uh, a Frisbee two-seamer that Ashby True, that Pitching Ninja, put out. and Honestly, I I watched it like a hundred times, and I still do not understand how the ball has so, so much move on it. So Aaron Ashby's stuff continues to be nasty. It very much is. Uh, I'm not worried about him moving forward, I think. Whatever role he's in, he may have especially in the rotation, just because of the nature of turning over a lineup three times, you may see outings like this, where if he struggles with command and gives up one bad pitch, he has an outing with three or four runs every here or here. And now, I don't know what kind of phrase I'm looking to say, but overall, I'm not concerned about Ashby just because we've seen what he can be at his best. And like you said, the stuff is still nasty. That's one thing that's never going away for Ashby. And to your point, yeah, the lineup, right now is it is what it is this series they there are no options i mean i'm not going to sit here and criticize craig council for anything in this series because like what are you going to do it's a situation where get through survival anything the last two and a half weeks at this point yeah like i said i'm nine and nine is tip my cap and say glad you made it out alive just because it's it's been it's been brutal uh game four in this series was a lot more competitive, exciting, frustrating, but overall just uh, honestly, this is going to sound insane, Adam, and feel free to tell me I'm insane, but this was a game that reminded me for the good and the bad, one of the reasons why baseball is so exciting to me, because I felt completely hopeless, and then I was like 
shocked through the heart and you're to blame Colton Long because you hit a two-run homer to tie the game. That's a Bon Jovi reference for anyone that didn't catch that. For any of the our younger listeners, Rohan, uh, hope you're doing well. Um, and then, not immediately, but once I convinced myself the Brewers were going to win this game, just complete deflation like uh, air going out of a balloon. Uh, it's just It was one of those games that was like, Damn, this sport is exciting, it's entertaining, and it also is the fucking worst. I don't know if, if you had similar feelings. Obviously, you missed the, the first half of this game, uh, and then you walked into the good moment. So, I, Adam, I don't think you can miss games anymore. Uh, you had some bad luck in, in game two, but you brought it back. And you, you yeah, but I was, also, the I was watching pretty end. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with that is I, I saw the end of it, too. Um yeah, this is this is how baseball is. I was not entirely disappointed that I was not able to sit down for all of this game because I wasn't quite as deflated as I would have been, but I was still pretty deflated. It's not a fun way to to get to see them rally back. And yeah, it's it's not even just that, you know, Manfred Ball, as we've talked a lot about recently, you're prepared for a kind of one run to get in. It's almost automatic that one's going to get in. The Brewers got their own one back as a response. But to give up a tree run homer is just brutal in the tent. Um, so that, that, was, that was disappointing. But hey, let's take the positives because again, you look at that lineup. It's like, does that look like a lineup that's going to beat the Padres right now? No, it doesn't. So Colton Wong hitting two home runs. Like we'll take that and let's build on it moving forward. That's that's a real positive for him. Um, real positive for the Brewers. I mentioned earlier he had the the one hit that broke up the no hitter earlier in the series. Again, that was a double pretty deep back to back to the right corner. Good things there. Good things from Colton. That hasn't been the case all season. So I think I can kind of just get past this one in terms of. Tree one, tree one in the series, and let's be honest, it was tree one because the Brewers absolutely stole game one. Not, not the worst. And overall, yeah, the Cardinals are good, and the gap in the division's close to half a game, but it's still half a game ahead. And the Padres, in spite of having to play them in a spell where the Brewers are really depleted, far from their best, still only one game back of the Padres. So, all in all. I, I think things are looking pretty good. Um, we just need the likes of William Adams, Hunter Renfro, upon their return to get back to kind of top speed pretty quickly. And I do have some optimism on that because the Brewers have been so cautious about it. And like Hunter Renfro has been on the field, the batting cage, like for days now, um, ramping things up. We know William Adams went out to your neck of the wood. Aunt- Woods Andrew down in North Carolina on assignments didn't necessarily get quite the run there that they would have hoped for because of uh, a setback with a quad injury. But all in all, I mean, uh, they're obviously very happy where he's been. They've taken their time to take in every precaution. Maybe Luis Arias, his GM Tom, you know, didn't play yesterday and then he's going to have a day off. Could that allow him to be back? Like, the speed at which this could just look like an entirely different team is very reassuring right now. Of course, they have to deliver on that. Um, but 
there's also been an element of like Tyrone Taylor has not been served well in moving up the order. And um, that just hasn't worked as well. Part of that is probably just that he's exhausted too at this point because he's been playing so much. Uh, Rowdy Tellez has been playing basically every day and coinciding with that. It's been a while since we've seen a home run. And even when he's hitting, even when he's getting on base, uh, no RBIs in this series for the Brewers RBI leader because no one else on the team was getting in position to allow him to bat anything in. So, like, I think even the guys who've looked very good over the last month offensively, they've had a tough time because as players drop around them, you don't have as much support. That's about to change. I think, as you put it to me in a, a message you sent me yesterday before the cavalry is coming. It most certainly is. Uh, a 6-4 loss in in the final game of the series. But like you said, this is more about getting to the off day, looking forward, still got your lead in the division. It could be a lot worse. You could be the Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I don't know what they're called now. I think it's just the Los Angeles Angels. You could lose 11 games in a row and now see yourself out of a wild card spot. So things could be a lot worse. They managed themselves well over this 18-game stretch, 9-9. Nine and nine. Uh, like, like we said in the podcast with Rohan, Treading water, figure things out uh, while you're waiting to get back. And um, like you said, I'm very excited to see Renfro and Adamas back. I almost, right before Adamas had gone down, he was kind of scuffling a little bit and fighting at the plate. And you never want to see an injury, but I almost wonder if we're going to see a rejuvenated Willie Adamas come back, who's had some time to kind of just, you know, not play. And Adam McCalvey had a tweet. Uh, about how he's back and he's just like because he was obviously away like you said on three app start and then he flew back and got in on friday or saturday i can't remember which exactly and he said he's just a bundle of energy and he's bringing those good vibes back to the clubhouse obviously one of my favorite things <laughs> that willie adamas does it's like if you're out because of injury uh you can have a lollipop so adamas and Luis Urias are just sitting there in, the, in the dugout eating lollipops during the game so i i wonder and theorize if that we might see a rejuvenated and ready to go Willie Adamas since he had to miss some of that time and then Renfro when he went down on the counter had been someone who was really starting to figure it out and and bring some thump to this lineup I think despite the fact that they've both been out for some time or both tied for second and home runs on this team with nine uh, behind Rowdy so getting that power threat back to the lineup is going to be huge. And to your point, let Tyrone Taylor uh, go back to six, seven, wherever he may be in the lineup and kind of take that pressure off him and have him come to the plate with guys on base because uh, Willie can draw a walk. He can, you know, drop in a single. And if you get to a situation where that lineup lengthens and, and not to mention, I I think you might've mentioned it. And I was, uh, probably in my own distracted in my own mind like I often am but like Luis Arias with his jam thumb he's not on the IL and we're not necessarily looking at him as someone that's been gone but even just something as simple as getting him back in the lineup and and playing as well um I hope 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 that like we said earlier that Jace Peterson has found a spot to play in this lineup um even well, if it's just like even, even rowdy, with that even with that, right? So we've—I I actually don't know how many games that we saw Willie and Luis together because obviously Luis is out yeah. to start the season, uh, which is why Willie played like twenty straight games or something. Like he just was not getting any time off, which, as you said, 
it's probably not all that surprising and that an injury comes and the break might have helped. But then Willie goes down and we have Luis having to do very similar. And he, he's got a jam to him. He's had it for a while, Council seemed to imply, and he's been playing through it, but they feel it's got to a point where it's affecting his ability to catch and throw. So in the zoomed in lollipop shots, you could see the swelling on that thumb. I like okay, it was so bad. Right. So it's not like gonna be probably all perfect uh, by the time they play on Tuesday. But the ability to kind of, if they could get those two guys back, first and foremost, we'll get to see the Brewers hopefully have a run with their first choice infield. That will make a big difference. But with those two guys back and with Jake's playing well, then you, you just have more flexibility to find days off for those guys too, where they're not going to burn themselves out, where they don't go through really strong spells, which both of them have. I mean, Luis had a great hit streak. Uh, Willie was just like, hitting homers for fun early in the season, but you just don't need to burn those guys out too much. The same goes for Rowdy. And I, Jace at first base is something I'd like to see a lot of too, uh, much more so than Keston. Like, I, I think that's something to to watch, just if they can get Luis and Willie healthy together for a meaningful period of time. And Jace playing as he is, I just think the infield should shore up pretty dramatically. And there have been some problems there at times. And the offensive production that could come from that group, look at Colton starting to hit well too. Like, could be the real backbone of the Brewers' offense as well. So... That's that's exciting, and that's without getting to, like, is Hunter Renfro going to be exactly like he was pre-injury, where he'd really seem to find, like, top gear? Uh, top gun, if you will, Adam. Uh, Maverick. Uh, yeah, I Hunter Renfro seems his... like a top gun kind of guy. Oh, yeah. If if Hunter Renfro wants to hang out and go see Top Gun with us, we're down for that. Yeah, Jace um, providing uh, some flexibility to the lineup will be huge when they have a full complement of players. Uh, some of those situations where it's maybe a tough right-hander and you don't want McCutcheon to DH, it's a great opportunity to give Rowdy a day and then have, throw him in at first base. So it just like gives you, like you said, so many options. And he's obviously been outstanding at third. So uh, even if Urias, you want to have him as the DH some days, I mean, Jace is, I think, fifth in, in baseball in outs above average. Uh, at third base he's just been exceptional there made two really nice plays one on a diving ground ball to his right um and then made the throw from his knees i think and knees, nice yeah. pick from nice nice pick from rowdy at first and then a, a leaping grab on a line drive so just really good stuff from jace in the field so and i you put him anywhere and and he can do a job and with these guys back uh he can be that band-aid on or it's almost like preventative preventative maintenance where it's he can get you a day before you need a day just based on his flexibility in the lineup. But yeah, it'll be exciting to see these guys get back and this team to finally have the lineup that we thought they were going to have in spring training before even like Urias went down in spring training and they didn't even have the lineup to start the season. And we're not even talking about Omar Narvaez who has yeah. COVID and has really started clicking on with the bat before that point really started clicking and obviously one of the most important cogs in supporting the pitchers too. Like uh, he's the best catcher on the team and defensively, although he's had a couple of moments that weren't his best, you regularly see Omar make, make good plays. He's got a great working relationship with Brewers starting pitchers. It's a big loss. And like, not necessarily, although we have seen homers, he's not like your 
your main power trap, but very, very reliable at picking off singles and getting on base. Or, you know, the odd, the odd travel as well. Uh, moving on. Even. Triple, Andrew. Tri- yes, triple. We we didn't see that. Anyone that's watched, uh, I think you should leave, knows triples are best. Triples makes it safe. Uh, moving on to the Master Brewer leaderboard before we, we head to uh, um, a look ahead. Adam you uh you compiled the list you were locked in so i'm gonna let you take it away and unless you want me to rip through it i don't know are we gonna i maybe i'll take some of these away i I don't know i've been thinking some more about it and i don't the colton wong no doubt beer for colton wong four for 13 for the series two walks he had a double three rbi and obviously a pair of home runs in game four just uh, no doubter, one of his best series of the season to date. No question, he gave them the chance to win a game that they should not have won, and they also did not win. But all credit to him for that. Jace Peterson didn't have it going with the bat all series long, but they come away from this series with a win. They avoid getting swept because with the bases loaded, he stepped up and came up with a triple crucial crucial playing game one and as you touched on like beyond that across the the course of the series really really good in the field making big plays all around uh rowdy Tellez. rowdy had a really really tough game four which almost took him out of this he was 0 for 5 in game four but before that he had been 4 for 10 with two walks and all even though that leaves Rowdy getting on base 40% of the time in the series. That's a very big deal. It's just unfortunate you don't have anyone hitting well after him or before him to be able to make that count. Not really his fault. Very, very good series. And I am, at the, more recently, I'm actually most impressed by the fact that like he is now beyond even what we had called for early in the season. In this case, he is like everyday starter hasn't even been too many opportunities for him to DH recently and there's no real drop off like maybe we're not seeing the homers and maybe a day off can help with that Um, maybe as we've touched on some of the other guys returning and giving him an opportunity for some DH days even if he's not going to be off completely it's it's impressive that he's kind of holding up as well as he is and remaining like right up there as one of the absolutely most consistent brewers Another no-brainer, Luke Barker. Two innings pitched, no hits, no walks, one strikeout. Can't ask for any more than that. I don't know if we should have any more, Andrew. The other two, uh, I'll, I, share, I'll share with I, people. I agree with this. One of, one of the two, it's uh, not necessarily his fault, but just the high standard that this person has set for themselves. It's just, you know, the nature of the way this series went. And it's good performance, did your job, but didn't so have enough opportunities. Josh, to get that's Josh Hader. Correct, yes. Okay, so Josh Hader, excellent. We're not taking it for granted. Part of the reason, honestly, why I took that out is uh, Devin Williams went in the eight and he had three strikeouts. Like, if you're giving Hayter, you're giving Devin Williams as well. And honestly, you need probably another appearance from either of those guys with 
similar production for them to qualify. You know what? We'll give the other one. We'll give the other one that I was wavering on because I, I think it's it's deserved. It's deserved under circumstances. And again, it's crucial to win. Uh, Peter Strzelecki, second second Brewer debutant from this series to get a, a master brew point. Two innings pitched. He did allow two hits. There were two walks, but only one run. It was earned. Three strikeouts. He keeps the Brewers in game one and he allows them to get to the spot where Jace can come in and be the hero and then Kutch can ultimately walk it off. So, Peter Strzelecki, Luke Barker, congratulations to both of them. Um, let's let's run through this leaderboard. I think we're getting at the point where we'll have to stop doing this because there's a lot, a lot of guys uh, at this point who've earned them. Rowdy Tellez, top of the Master Brewer leaderboard, eight beers. Corbin Burns, second place with six. Moving up into a share of third, we have Jace Peterson joining Josh Hader. Five master brew points. We have been joking about it that you know Jace really likes he really likes his beers. We're 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 certainly giving him a share, but that is something beyond the fact that this is our own stupid made up thing that we do series to series. It is evidence of Jace Peterson's level of productivity and his consistency. And even more so because I feel like it was quite a while before he got any Master Brew points from us. And now he's just on a tear. So he's up to third. Five Master Brew points alongside Josh Hader. At four, we've got Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich. At uh, three, we have... We have Colton Wong um, moving up into three alongside Tyrone Taylor, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Hunter Renfro, Devin Williams... At two, we've got Brandon Woodruff, Andrew McCutcheon, Luis Arias, Adrian Hauser, Kesson Hura. And at one master point apiece, we've got Brad Boxberger, Jason Alexander, Victor Cartini, Trevor Gott, Omar Narvaez, and now Luke Barker and Peter Strzelecki. You handled the volume well, Adam. I I really... Uh, the volume is less of a problem than the trying to make sure I'm moving guys up in real time while also calling out the names. So that's what that's what causes some of the hesitation, but we got there in the end. Yes, we any, did. Any, any parting the series thoughts ahead? About the... I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes, we're rolling on to the series ahead. We're in a much-needed off day right now. Going to have some rest and recuperation. Uh, I'm not because my friend wanted to go to a college baseball game tonight, so I'm going to do that. Uh <laughs> Adam hates it. Take a break. Uh, It's exhausting. (laughs) I haven't been to a baseball game in a while. It's fine. Yeah, but Um, you've just been all weekend, uh, like, on your travels, doing other events. Adam, do you know anything about clinical depression? You're supposed to throw yourself into activities to make yourself happy. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, Game one, tomorrow night, Tuesday, June 7th, 710 Central start. Jason Alexander versus Ranger Suarez who we've seen earlier in the season. And I should mention the Brewers are taking on the Philadelphia Phillies, who just fired their manager, Joe Girardi. So, you know, you shouldn't bully, you shouldn't punch people when they're down, except in this situation, you absolutely should. Game two Can we get, tomorrow, can we get or, Angel Hernandez back for, for this series? I, I don't know if he's on the docket, but I'm I'm hoping he is. Uh, Wednesday, or maybe I'm not. I don't know. For the content. Do it for the content, yeah, Angel. It's fun for content until it's not. Wednesday, June 8th, 7-10 Central start. Adrian Hauser versus Aaron Nola. And then 
the final game of the series, Thursday, June 9th, a 110 Central start. Uh, Corbin Burns versus Zach Eflin. So these three games are at home. And then the Brewers will head to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., for three against the Nationals. Then an exciting series next week, three against the National League best still, maybe. Let me check the standings. The New York Metropolitans, uh, who have been really good this season. Uh, I'm pulling it up. They do they are, have yeah, the best no. record in the National League. Uh, they find themselves at 37 and 19. Brewers are 33 and 23, four games back in the Mets for the best record in the National League, three games back of the Dodgers, one back of the Padres. So still in a good spot, uh, a half game lead on the St. Louis Cardinals, who, like we said, have been very good lately, who just, I think, uh, racked up a series win against the Chicago Cubs. Yep, they took three. Oh, no, that was a five-game series. Wow, so they took three out of five from the Cubs uh, after previously sweeping the Padres. So the Cardinals are hot right now, but they head to um, Tampa to face the Rays. They actually head to St. Pete, I should say, because that's where that uh, travesty of a ballpark is. I hope the Rays win that series, but their starting pitchers go nine innings the whole time because I hate their bullpen. Anyway, uh, that's the look ahead for the Brewers and the Brewers' opponent. Thank you for that, Andrew. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. We've covered a lot of ground here. Yeah, we'll be back to you in a few days, hopefully with some positive Brewers talk, no longer having to kind of dwell on injuries, who's who's not available. Maybe we can sw- switch our attention more to who's coming back and hopefully the Brewers offense uh, jolts back with that. To make sure you catch all episodes of the pod, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's cruising for a bruising. You should subscribe to us on Substack, gspn.substack.com. That way, all episodes of the pod will go directly to your inbox, and you'll also have our write-ups for the Master Brewer Leaderboard. If you want to rep the pod, support us. Support Winning Six Podcast, the Eurostep Podcast, the whole Eurostep Podcast Network gang. You can go to gspnstore.com. All your cruising for bruising merch is up there along with all the other GSPM pods. If you aren't already, you should subscribe, subscribe to the Eurostep Podcast Network. That's where you'll get all of your Milwaukee books talked throughout the offseason. Draft coming up very, very soon. Free agency, not too long after that. Big questions for the books. We'll have it all covered there. And we're also on Twitter at Brewers GSPN. I'm at Adam McGee 11. Andrew's at AC Snide. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. Go Brewers. Things are looking up.